This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hello, hello, hello. And we're back in the studio here in Penge. This is Jackie Groundsell and it's 1230 The Women's Company Business Beat. The studio was a full of a bit of excitement for me today when I came in. The alarm was on. Didn't know what to do about that button. Um, and the volume button. I'm a disaster, honestly, I tell you, technically. Um, IT training, just watch out. But radio technology, good job the manager's on hand to help me. So how is everybody? I'm broadcasting from the Love the Beat radio station based here in London, South East London, in Penge. And our show goes out on a Monday, 2 till 4. Today I've got three super guests for you who I'll introduce you to in a moment. Um, not all at once, they're coming in gradually so we can sort of ease ourselves into that. And um, I need to tell you a little bit about some 12.30 news. Last week I had a great meeting with my hosts courtesy of Metro Bank who very kindly allowed us to use one of their rooms for the training so everybody had a great time in there we got a lot of stuff covered and so just watch this space for the news that's coming out what have we got for you this week so on wednesday is 12:30 twc tv yes we have radio and tv for you so radio on mondays tv via online um zoom we have on the second Wednesday every month. So that's coming up this Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I'm trotting off to Birchington for the Thanet meeting. Now we've got a new venue there. We are going to be going to the Cowshed, which I've spoken to the staff there who sound absolutely super. The food will be great. I've not tested it, but the reputation is extremely high. So I'm looking forward to everybody in the Thanet area booking in online. So how do you find us? Well, it's all the W's. 1230.co.uk and on the navigation bar at the top of the screen you'll find it says calendar and you'll find all our meetings and events in there this show and every show every week is recorded for 12.30 and they then get copied over into our podcast which is via um, Karen Roberts set up which she does so on a Thursday the following week at 8 o'clock you'll find this show is able to access it from there so if you miss anything Cat, if you're there <laughs> Catweb um, is one of the people that I pretty much can rely on listening into the radio show she's our host based in Birchington Sadly, she won't be able to join us at the meeting this week uh, for personal reasons. But I've got a couple of shout-outs for you, apart from the birthday people. Um, and that is for our hosts. We've got Siobhan and Tina Brown, who are hosts in Sidcup and Bexley. Peggy McSweeney, who is our host for Bromley. And we've got... Um, Dana Chapman, who is East Dulwich. 
now um, and also not to forget Kat, as I mentioned just now, who is our Thanet host. So although we are actually a, um, a locally based station, as I say, based here in Penge, in the high street, near the barbers and the butchers and the polish shop, um, where else is there? There's Draper's Design over the road and St Christmas Hospice shop. Lots of shops. Penge is a, is a brilliant, lively place to be. Um, so if you've got any events coming up, do let me know and I will give you a shout out. Because as I say, although we're locally based, we have a global reach and that will actually reach over for you as well. So do give me a shout. So my guest today, I have got Ailsa Petchley, Petchy, who has been with us before with the Menopause Gang, Hot Stuff. Annabelle Kay, who is one of our regulars, as you know, who is also hot stuff, but she talks to us about all sorts of things, but predominantly her expertise is with IR35, GDPR contracts, and all the legal parts of that that um, occur and challenge us at different times with our businesses. And at half past three, we've got the lovely Ali Meehan beaming in all the way from Spain to join us so <clears throat> round um, as I say round about 2.30 Ailsa will be joining us with Annabelle later on and then Ali Meehan will all be together at some point uh, talking to each other and sharing with us their news so apart from our regular meetings what we've also got coming up is a fantastic event for you on the 8th of March, the celebration of International Women's Day, which will be at Bromley Football Club. Now, last week, um, Matt Hall was here, I think it was last week, or it might have been the week before. One week, anyway, one Monday, Matt Hall, who is the head of community at Bromley Football Club. They are the most amazing community-minded football club altogether. Um, so we're holding an event in their super deluxe venue suite, which is in the main building there. Um, so do have a look on the website. You'll find it, all the W's, 1230.co.uk. And you will find on the calendar there that we've got everything that is coming up, which includes this Wednesday, our TV show. So if you'd like to book in for that, do have a look. And then followed on Thursday by our Birchington meeting, well, our Thanet meeting, which we hold in Birchington. And then, as I mentioned just now, we've got the other groups with Siobhan for, and Tina for East Dulwich. And, uh, no, they're not. They're Bexley and Sidcup. Rewind. Tina, Tina and Siobhan are Bexley and Sidcup. And Dana Chapman is the East Dulwich host. Um, so, and then on the 8th of March is the celebration of International Women's Day. We've got some great speakers lined up for you. Do take a look at the website. Um, it's, uh, the event itself is obviously for business women. It's for women who are in business already, thinking about it, fed up, tired, exhausted, need some support, mums maybe. Um, it's all there for you and we'll be having some brunch so that's a 9.30 to 2.30 day nicely timed for 
mums with the school run, etc. So um, no worries about parking because there's a free car park there. Loads and loads of parking space for you. So do take a look at the website. Get yourselves booked in. Don't miss out because there's an early bird that comes in three days uh, um, or the early bird stops three days before the actual day of the event. So do make sure that you take advantage of that early bird. Um, there. So what's everybody been up to? It's nice and sunny here in Penge today. Uh, so I came through from um, Beckenham. The sun was beaming down. So as I say, Penge High Street is a very, very active high street. So if you've not been here before, do come along, have a look. If you fancy coming on the radio with me, give me a shout and we'll see what we can do about that as well. Next week coming up, we've got Joe Soley as my guest, whose specialism is numerology for business, so she's bizology, and also Paul Bailey, a local businessman, whose business is about business restoration and liquidation. So on the financial side, he'll be able to um, help you in that direction. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes, for and from businesswomen. On all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. Ailsa, um, welcome to the show and thank you so much for coming on. I know some oh, of our listeners you. will have heard you before, but not everybody. So if you wouldn't mind initially just introducing yourself. Of course. So my name's Ailsa Petchy and I'm from Menopause Collective. And we offer all sorts of support for women going through menopause. So we have a lovely olive Dash Health app that gives lots of free advice and support for women. Uh, we also are doing some lovely day retreats, which if you want to find out more, you can go to our website. Uh, but basically, I'm, I'm a Pilates and fitness instructor in, in health and well-being, and I have been for over 30 years. So it's been uh, it's been great to be able to actually connect with women and uh, go through what they're dealing with with menopause and try and give them some help. Yes, because it seems um, this definitely recognition out there in there isn't there in the workplace and I just noticed um well I didn't just notice but I noticed over the weekend that in the news they were saying that Kensington and Chelsea Council have actually set up um a workplace policy for menopause which is really quite a huge step isn't it that is yeah and considering the government recently actually declined giving women any extra support uh, going through menopause and giving them a chance to have some leave if they require it. That, that's a really nice step forward because uh, it feels like we take a little step forward and then there's quite a few steps back at the moment. So that sort of positive news is actually really lovely to hear. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. I think, and I think that the fact that it is in the news, it's not just something that Kensington and Chelsea Council have done and nobody's recognised it. The fact that it's yeah. getting some publicity as well will make um, people, I'm sure, sit up and pay a bit more attention to the fact, not just the sort of what seem to be gimmicky bits and stuff in the news about the menopause is a sort of serious recognition that it is um it needs to be recognized work-wise um for for yeah. women to be able to be comfortable at work um oh absolutely absolutely and I, I, I know you were saying something the other day about the benefit of ice baths it sounds a bit chilly to me do you want to expand <laughs> on that well 
we've chatted a few times now and I thought, well, actually, I, I wanted to bring something up that uh, I recently tried myself. But um, there's lots of evidence to prove that actually cold water swimming, you might hear that there's been a huge growth in people going out and doing cold water swimming, whether that's in the sea or in local lakes and rivers. But, you know, and, and also doing ice bath challenges. And uh, I actually went and made myself go for um, a Wim Hof uh, workshop where we did breathing and we tried all the ice baths and um, I have to be honest with you I was really terrified I am not good at getting cold um, since I've been going through my perimenopause I've had to deal with hot flushes cold flushes as well as clamminess and if anybody on the is listening that has gone through that it's just so uncomfortable so um, the, the idea of making myself go into a cold ice bath and trying that was something that actually was a massive challenge mentally for me um, but it was a real eye-opener, actually, as to what it actually was, because I like to try things out and see. So, um, yeah, I just thought I'd maybe chat to you a little bit about that and the benefits, actually, and what it does to the body, because I think if, if um, women know how it can help them through menopause and also help them with um, dealing with things like low mood um, and mental lowness and anxiety and confidence actually gets knocked massively as oestrogen drops. So I just thought that would be quite an interesting one just to touch base with you on and uh, share how it, how it was. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, our, our chum, um, Pam Ford of Comedienne, um, she's over in Australia at the moment doing um, something wonderful in terms of her business of, as, of being a comedian and she's also seeing her parents as well. But um, she does a lot of cold water swimming in the sea. Um, yes. So, yeah, far away and tell us some more how this all works. Please, Elsa. Yeah. Well, so serotonin is actually linked to in our bodies, which is that real feel-good, happy feeling. The one where you get really can feel quite excited. It's sort of all stimulated from serotonin, and it's linked very closely with estrogen. So as you can imagine, when you go into midlife and your hormones drop and your estrogen level drops, your serotonin, your natural feel-good feeling, actually just goes. And we're all trying to find out, you know, why that happens, what's going on with our bodies. And so there are ways to try and naturally stimulate that. Obviously, there's HRT, which is obviously a hormone replacement that you can go for if you're able to go for that. Then that helps to balance out your estrogen. But there are other things that you can do naturally. And so cold water and that stimulus of ice or cold actually really helps the body in lots of different ways and you'll be really surprised to hear i'll be talking to you about brown fat now if, when we talk about our bodies most of the time if anybody talks about fat we're like oh my gosh we put on weight during menopause and white fat is, is not good for us but there's also something called brown fat that's in our bodies and brown fat does the complete opposite to what white fat does now, brown fat is in the body, and as a baby, you know when babies are little, they're tiny, they're all really lovely and chubby, aren't they? And they've got loads of fat on them. Mm. And the reason is because they don't have a shiver reaction in their bodies. And so um, you, they need the extra fat in order to make sure that they know when their bodies need to be warmed, um, and it keeps them at a higher temperature. So as we get older, that brown fat diminishes, but that brown fat actually is things that helps us to regulate our bodies. It burns five times more energy than normal fats in our bodies. Um, if we can actually stimulate it, it actually helps to do things, a number of things. It helps to decrease the dangerous fats in our bodies. It actually helps us to decrease our risk of type 2 diabetes and heart disease. 
and it also stabilizes our sugar levels it actually helps us to deal with things like fatigue it actually prevents fatigue if you get more brown fat in your body it helps to reduce cravings it helps to reduce headaches and also overeating and during menopause we have a lot of emotional things that go on and it it really can cause a lot of emotional eating probably going for the things that don't don't work so well for you so knowing things a little bit more about brown fat and knowing how to most probably also improve your heart health which is another thing it does is something that's really really good so um when you go into cold water or when you go into ice baths or if you actually are just outside and in the elements a lot more your body has to learn how to regulate its heating and it produces brown fat in order to do that which means that you increase your metabolism you burn more energy you burn more calories and you actually can lose weight a lot quicker and in a better way but the other thing that it does which is amazing for you is it detoxifies the body it really helps with brain clarity uh, going into cold water actually helps with low mood it really boosts because you're having a massive hit of dopamine and dopamine really helps with your serotonin and endorphins with those feel-good uh, feelings in your body it can really help clear your foggy head um, and it, it's, it's just actually it can actually help you sleep better so it's got a lot of benefits and uh, I, I had to know all about this before I actually went took the plunge myself because it is a big plunge to take I'll be honest <laughs> I, I think about I think about um, a brain cloud and brain uh, fog and all the rest of it. I think perhaps I need one of those as well. Okay. <laughs> well, you, do you know what? The really easy way to have a go and see whether you see the benefits is um, there are two things you can do. You can actually just take a 10-second cold shower to start with. You can have just a normal shower. And at the end of a shower, you can actually, so you feel nice and warm, you can just turn your shower to cold and see if you can just cope with breathing deeply and being under for 10 seconds. If you need to, at the end of it, to turn it back up to warm, just to give yourself a little bit of a boost again, you can and then go back down. But if you can do on and off for 10 seconds um, to start with, that's a great starting point. And you'll feel yourself feeling really like, woo, that, you know, benefit. Another time is that if you're feeling low in your day and you just don't know what to do with yourself, if you actually go to the bathroom and you actually can put your hands into cold water, like really rinse them under and even splash your face with cold water. You know what that feels like. You can actually feel that sort of like, it freshens you up, it gives you that zing. If you know that that actually helps you with those very small things, you know then, actually if I stay a little bit longer in cold water, if I do things like that, your brain will start recognizing some of the extra benefits and then you'll probably allow yourself to take that first plunge and go for a swim or something like that. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think small steps for anybody who wants to try it. And also, you know, I did mine with the Wim Hof um, uh, workshop and I did it with a practitioner and an, an instructor who knew what he was doing. So he actually talked us through. We did a lot of breath work beforehand. Um, have you seen, have you, have you heard of Wim Hof and have you seen what he does, Jackie? No, I haven't. No, do, do expand on that for us. Ah, so Wim Hof, he um, he did, a, well, a lot of people may have seen before Christmas, he did this thing called Freeze the Fear with a lot of celebrities. And they took them to Iceland, I think it was, or Poland, and um, they did lots of different sort of challenges in ice and in the snow and all sorts of things like that. And um, it really brought to light how important it was sort of like to allow your body to, to feel these different elements. Um, but he is renowned for sort of like helping people with mental health issues, um, just struggling with confidence, 
um, low mood, anxiety, um, learning to use your breath to cleanse your, your and detoxify your body. He's helped people who've been going through cancer to help to reduce the um, impact that cancer has had on them and in terms of treatment and in terms of you know, um, bringing it to a closer end. Healing your body, it can be done as well. So um, I would definitely recommend watch something to do with Wim Hof in the future and, and then uh, we'll have another chat another time about that. <laughs> yeah, sure. How, how do you spell that, um, Ailsa? So it's W-I-M. Yeah. And then it's H-O-F. Oh right, okay. Yeah, he's in his sixties now, but he's been doing. He's done. Uh, he's done ultra marathons. Uh, oh, Ironman. He's 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 broken. He's got Guinness Book of Record things for swimming the longest underwater under ice. Um, he's run in the desert. He's done. He's done everything to do with temperature, and he's found ways now to help your body manage and deal with these extremes. But in a very beneficial way for twenty first century lifestyles as well. Yeah. Oh no, interesting. I'll I will have a look. So um that's I mean actually I, I, I do I haven't done it lately, I have to say, but I do actually quite like having a, a cold burst in the shower. Um so it's good to know that that's actually beneficial for me. It just... boosts your metabolism. So if you do it first thing in the morning, Jackie, mm. um, do it so that you 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 have your shower, end it on the cold shower, and you do feel really revitalised, like almost like really you know. Especially if you wake up, a lot of women in menopause, they feel that very low first thing in the morning. Their cortisol levels are very high, and that cortisol level makes you feel anxious, slightly uh, like the Monday blues, but all the time. You know, you can feel very low with cortisol, yeah. but it really to kick up your serotonin and your dopamine which then balances out your cortisol and I'm always about trying to find natural ways to get your hormones as balanced as possible you know we all need little tips and hints and, and practical ways to actually just help ourselves when we're at a low point in our day or a low point in our month and so you know um, doing that can actually really really help you first thing in the morning give you a boost to help you get into your day you know and, and hopefully function a little bit better. I will, I will give it a go in a couple of days. A couple of days because I'm just getting through a cold. So I think that would be extremely beneficial. Thank you for that. So I think it's going to be really, for our listeners, um, it's going to be really good. Now, I'm keeping an eye on the time, Ailsa, because I'm hoping that Ed is going to be able to get these adverts back for us remotely because I don't know what to do. And I'm keeping an eye on the <laughs> clock because before we kick into those ads, which I hope they are going to... Um, I know you've got a, a, um, an app that you want to share the details with us about that. Yes. So, um, Jerry and I um, from Menopause Collective, we have created an Olive Dash Health. We call it so. It's Olive Dash Health, and it's a it's a free app. It's on Apple, and um, so you can go to the Apple Store, and you can go onto Google Play if you're on an Android phone, and you can just download it and. It's a really good starting point for anybody wanting to just understand what's going on with their bodies. There's sort of like tells you all sorts of things to do with your three stages of menopause, what the symptoms of menopause can be, so you can maybe have a look and see. And there's lots of tips and expert advice on what you can do with all sorts of symptoms and ways to manage menopause. There's also exercise as well. And there's talk about sleep, how to stress reduce, um, and also, you know, get yourself feeling a little bit more balanced and a little bit more like your old self so i'd love your listeners to maybe have a look 
Uh, they can give us some feedback. But yes, it's olive-health, and you can find that on the Apple Store or Google Play. Okay, joke. Well, um, I'm going to play a little bit of your music that uh, in a moment that um, you've shared with us. But please do make sure that our listeners know where they can actually find you, Ailsa. So what about your website? And I, and I guess you're all over the socials, aren't you? Uh, we are, yes. So um, if you want to have a look at our website, it's at menopausecollective.com. And we are on uh, Instagram and Facebook as menopause.collective on both of those. So please do like us, follow us. Um, there's all sorts of tips and advice. We've, we were talk we've talked about vaginal dryness. We've talked about, um, you know, how, how um, pink salts can actually help, you know, boost your metabolism. We've talked about cold showers. You'll actually see something about me having a go in the ice bath, which is hysterical. It's not a pretty sight, but it's <laughs> having a look I'm at. sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> is that the, the pink but, salt is the um, Himalayan salt, isn't it? That's right, Himalayan salt. Yes, it's very good for you. Yeah, that's yeah. all. That's all. In fact, we at home um, for a long time didn't use any salt at all, and then latched onto this Himalayan salt and do use that now. Um, so it's um, you can buy it much more. It's much more available now, isn't it? I think. Oh yes, yes, and you can put it into so many things. And actually, you know, I think most people think of oh, salt. That means bloating. It's not good for you. But Himalayan salt is actually quite good for cleansing the system. Mm. Um, you know, over Christmas, I was telling a lot of people there was if you had. Um, Himalayan salt in water, obviously you put it in water, you can have a little, you only need a little sprinkle in your water, you can put hot water in the morning, have that in the morning, it helps to cleanse and detoxify you and gives you a little bit of um, enzymes for the morning. Um, and the other good thing as well is apple cider vinegar, you can put a little cap full of that into some hot water and have that, and that's again really good for um, calming your, your gut, um, helping you to actually, with your digestion, and uh, moving things through. So yeah, we've got lots of tips on all sorts of things like that. Uh, but uh, I love I love good tips. I think they sort of like help you when you catch onto something that works for you. It's just brilliant. It is brilliant, and you just get so excited to be able to share it with everybody else, don't you? Because it it works yeah. for you. And um, yeah. and I'm so glad that you tested this cold water before you shared it with us. I tell you, it's. <laughs> Yes. But, but yes. Pam's actually been doing it for a long time. I don't know how long she's actually been doing this cold water swimming. So yeah, I remember she said it in one of our last chats, actually, Jackie. She mm. did mention it. And she did it for sort of like helping her headspace, um, keeping her calm. Um, she found it really helped with her mental health massively. And um, I know a lot of people who, who've done that. That's one of the reasons I wanted to try it. I've, I've had issues with with mental health, you know, and just sort of low moods and anxiety and um i wanted to feel i don't know whether you've had this at all i'd be really interested to see if your listeners have found this out or not but since i've gone into perimenopause and i'm six years in now um it's almost like the uh, the top end of excitement you know when you used to get really excited for christmas and that feeling of like oh my gosh this is just incredible i don't know what to do with myself i haven't felt like that i've had it sort of like dulled for the time that i've been in perimenopause that's the only way i can describe it and when I was told that you get a double dose of dopamine hit, <laughs> a little bit, I don't know what it's like to take cocaine. I don't advise that oh. at all. <laughs> to be like having, you know, that feeling of excitement, that adrenaline kick kicks in. And I'll be completely honest with you, I felt incredible after it. I mean, it, it was a challenge getting in. I was in submerged for three minutes. 
um, when I came out, I did. I felt it extraordinary. Is the only way I can describe it. Really. Ment- the clarity. I felt this huge boost. For the rest of the day, I had energy that I hadn't normally had. Uh, my head felt very clear. My body tingled completely all the way over. It was. It was an incredible feeling. Actually, really, really great. Really, I really, really recommend people trying trying it. Obviously, if you're doing an ice bath, do it with an expert to begin with. But if yes. you're trying these cold water swims and things, there are some great groups around the country um, that that do them. So I'm sure. Your listeners will know lots of groups that they could maybe join in with and have a go at. Yeah, no, it's. I think um, definitely it's been beneficial to you just purely from the way that you're speaking about it, and we can tell from that. We're going to go into some of your music choices now, Ailsa. Um, you mentioned that you're a people pleaser. <laughs> yeah, I heard this song. I loved. I love Cat Burns and. Uh, yeah, People Pleaser was a song that I heard over Christmas. I was like, oh, yes, I can relate to that. It's just a really good, uplifting song, and hopefully your listeners will enjoy it too. Okay, well, stay with us. Um, you'll still be there and being joined by my other guests very shortly, but um, I won't be talking to you for a little while. 1230 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes for and from businesswomen on all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. I'm Jackie Groundsell and my business is 1230, the women's company. But I am broadcasting today from Love to Beat Radio, which is based here in Penge. And if you want to look up the details, that's L-O-V-E-D-A-B-E-A-T Radio, based here in southeast London. It's a very lively community. I was just talking to um, my other guest, Jane Knight, about what a lively community we have here in Penge. Um, to make sure that she can actually talk to you so that would be good <laughs> Jane so welcome back please tell us some more about your business and I want to make sure that listeners actually know how they can get hold of you and where they can find out some more about you okay so successful mums career academy we are on insta facebook twitter and linkedin um, so if people type in successful mums career academy to google we will be there Um, along with lots of pictures of our lovely successful mum graduates that we've helped over the last eight to nine years. Some of them you might recognise because they are local mums and dads. We've actually, um, we've started supporting dads as well. So I think we've got about five dads on our training programmes at the moment. But the majority of our our customers are are mums that want to go back to work or maybe they want to start a business or um, they just want to learn something new to um, have a change of career. So is there a, a typical business that your mums want to go into or are they very diverse? How, what's the sort of mix there? So for the mums that want to start a business, I'd say there's a real broad range. We have some mums that come along and they might have worked in the city, for example, and they might be an HR director and they don't want to go to that city life and instead they want to become an HR consultant, for example. So we would take them through the simple steps to start a business, become self-employed, how to engage with their audience of um, clients, marketing techniques, um, and really sort of provide them with a framework <coughs> of basically how to work for themselves. 
Um, but then we also have people that want to turn a hobby into a business. So, you know, we have the cake makers, we have um, people that are really crafty, really artistic, and they really want to sort of turn their hobby into an income. And then we have other people that, you know, we, we've even had people that are buying a franchise. So, so, you know, really quite substantial. It really depends on the, I suppose, the individual, their, their previous work experience, um, what they love doing, and, you know, financially, how much they want to be earning and how flexible they want to be as well. I mean, even we even have people that, you know, might have worked in a salon and then want to be a freelance stylist because they're, you know, it's still setting up as a self-employed person. You're still mm. a businesswoman. And we really encourage our, our mums to talk about themselves as a businesswoman because if you're working for yourself, you know, whether you're, whether you're, um, a freelance hairdresser, or whether you own, you know, twenty franchises, they are both business women that, that have key responsibilities and are, you know, entrepreneurial. So there's there's certain steps that you must take. We we really support the the mums in terms of the key sort of legal things they need to do. Um, we just try and make it as straightforward as possible. But I suppose that a major point that, that comes up is how do I find customers? Because I think when you're so excited about a product, you you know, you dream about it, you ask your friends, you ask your family, and everybody <coughs> says it's a great idea. But the reality is you then need to sell your service or your product to people. So we really help with the the social media and the marketing so they can, you know, get in front of their audience and, and make it happen. That is such a huge wealth of knowledge that you've got and you've gained um, that you're able to share. I mean, that is absolutely fantastic, the, the breadth of all that. I, sh I suppose it's quite expensive, is it, dare I say that? Do people have to pay you a lot of money? How does it work? So all of our courses are funded by the London Mayor, so we're very lucky that um, we are able to tap into funding. So the process, in terms of my my business and my team, we apply for funding, we can demonstrate that we've supported historically um, you know, thousands of women that are all really happy. We've got some fantastic reviews. Um, but you know what, Jackie, it's the women that do the hard work. But what we do is we path the way for them. We hold their hand. We're a great network for them. And we provide them with all of the resources. But they, you know, ultimately they need to do, do the work. But it is free. So it's completely, if depending on eligibility and depending where the, the, um, the mum or the dad lives, then it should be funded, which means they won't have to pay anything. Which is brilliant, isn't it? Because that, that is one of the things when you're starting up in business, it's always, oh, can, I, can I afford to do this? Can I keep it going? And if you're going to have to lay out money before you actually get your client base started, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? So to, for you to be able to offer that service is just, just amazing. So, yes. so what would be your... Um, I mean, I'd, I was going to say, ask you your advice, but we can compare that in a second. I remember when um, I first met Penny, who became my business in twelve thirty, uh, business partner in twelve thirty. We went to uh, a three-day startup course near Bromley North Station, um, and I remember one of the consultants there saying. Um, keep your hands firmly in your pockets. Do not take out any loans, etc., <laughs> um, etc. Et and if and the other thing I, that sticks in my head was, if you want to work Monday to Friday, nine till five, then leave now. Do all your women that come to you do they realise? The flexibility. Now, the fact that you can't work necessarily Monday to Friday, nine till five. 
to me is not a hindrance because working for myself, I could be working at 12 o'clock at night, but actually at 10 o'clock in the morning, I could be, or 11 o'clock in the morning, I could be travelling to go and have lunch with a girlfriend. Mm. So, you know, or I could look after a, a grandchild or something of that sort. But so working for myself to me gives me huge flexibility and I would imagine that your women actually appreciate that, 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 they, that they can do that and, and are not necessarily... Are they mostly mums or... I know you, you're called successful mums. Are, are there any who aren't mums or dads, for example? Yeah, absolutely. So we do have... We do welcome dads. We are inclusive and we do have people that aren't parents as well. Mm. Um, and then we have people that are carers, so they might be looking after their parents, mm. um, but they might not have their own children. So there's a real range, but I suppose where all of our resources, um, all of the webinars and all of our trainers are it's all, all set up for mums I suppose so all the resources and the materials are focused on being a parent it's really sort of designed and aimed at mums but as I touched on we do welcome other people mm. um, but in answer to your the sort of flexibility thing it's it's key that people understand if they do want to work for themselves that they will need to put in the hours. I suppose it depends on what they what they actually want to do, because for some people they will literally know what they want to earn, know what they want to do, and they're very driven and very targeted on that. Whereas for some people it's almost the unknown. So it's 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 finding out a number of factors <coughs> that will really have an impact on their on their life and, and considering what network they have in place because if we have women that come to us and say you know I was earning 80k in the city I want to earn the same but I only want to work two days a week then we just have to have a reality check I mean some people might be able to do it but just based on experience of working with thousands of women we'd never want to put somebody off but at the same time we just need to sort of share our experience and be realistic mm. so one of the first things we do is like a cash flow to say you know whatever you're doing what is it going to cost you and how much time will it take? Because, you know, time is precious and that's um, it's important people understand when not only how much time it will take, but when are they going to work as well? Because is it practical to be working in the evening? And we do quite a lot of work around, are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? Some people are just frazzled by, you know, time it comes to seven o'clock and I can't blame them, especially when you've got small children. Yeah. But then other people are night owls and they can sort of go on work until 12 o'clock and be very productive. Mm. So it's it's individual um, and we make sure it's, you know, bespoke to the, the, the person that wants to start the business. So do you find that um, the training courses in terms of popularity, um, do you find that people have particular ones that, that are their favourites or, or does it go in swings and roundabouts, you know, training courses of the moment, if you like? Um, do, you, do you have any particular training courses at the moment that are very popular? Well, I think our flagship programme, which is our Back to Work and Confidence, has always been the most popular because most of our audience um, are looking to return to work or possibly start a new career. So the Back to Work and Confidence, I mean, really that what that does is it covers all the where the flexible and part-time jobs are. Um, we support people with their CV. We cover things like personal branding, so how to prepare yourself and present yourself for interview. Um, we, we carry out mock interviews with employers. We can actually link the mums with local employers that support us so that one has been what's well, just always you know been a been a constant one that, mm. that people want to go on to but we obviously if people want to start their own business they can do our enterprise course and that's you know people love that one if they're entrepreneurial then they can do the enterprise and that talks about um 
business planning, marketing, when you're going to work, um, how much you need to earn to pay your mortgage or your rent and feed your children. So we, you know, we really get to the nitty gritty, but we then provide a framework of how they can actually make that happen. But the other course, um, I suppose in answer to your question around popular courses, last year we started running a wellbeing and menopause course. And um, it's quite, excuse the pun, it's quite a hot topic. So, you know, the wellbeing and menopause, I think is, you know, more people are talking about it now. And the women that come to us, some of them might be 25 and they haven't even considered the menopause. But some of the women, you know, might be in their early 40s, late 40s. We even support, you know, women that might be in their early 60s. So that we, a real broad range. So those women will be either perimenopause or many menopause at some point. So we cover strategies to deal with the menopause, deal with well-being, um, such as, you know, journaling, meditation, um, we look at magnesium tablets that are meant to be really good in terms of helping people sleep. Um, we, there's some great podcasts out there on the on well-being and the menopause. So we sort of share all of these resources. And so that course has been very popular, along with our digital course and, um, and our autism awareness. So we've started running autism awareness, and that was off the back of a number of mums um, that have children with autism and they felt it's really important, which it is, to raise the profile of autism. So we, we, um, have, we actually have expertise within our organisation um, of trainers that actually have personal experience and they are qualified trainers. Um, so they deliver the autism awareness. And I think it's um, a bit like the menopause. It's been great to raise the profile of that important topic as well. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Have I ever put you in touch with Anna Kennedy? I don't think so. I don't think I know Anna. Anna, Anna Kennedy is um, considered to be a sort of leading flagship person for autism. She's okay. got um, two boys, uh, or makes them sound quite young but they're young men now they're in their early 30s and um, I've known Anna, Anna for a long time she's she's got a school now in Hayes but if you like I'll put you in touch yeah, because be I think it could be really useful um, she's very um, willing to chat and talk things through um, she I came across her when she was the inspirational woman of the year for the Daily Mail and that was a long time ago. And I, I don't know about you, but I squirrel away people that I think would make it interesting speakers. So I put the particular article away. And then I saw that, um, and, 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 you know, sort of followed her up and saw that she'd bought this school, although she's um, from the north, she had bought a school in Hillingborough and also near us locally here in Hayes. Um, do you know what? I'm getting an electric shock off this somewhere. Anyway, um, so um, I contacted her and she came as a speaker for us at one of our conferences locally and we've stayed in touch and she's always very, very happy to share. As I say, she's got two sons, both autistic, one with um, uh, one who's Asperger's. Um, what the, one of the boys that's uh, just autistic, he's now got a full-time job and living with some support as well. So Patrick, he's doing a really 
fantastic job. She looks absolutely amazing, Anna Kennedy. And if anybody knows her and is listening, you'll all be nodding away at me here because she is absolutely fantastic. And how she looks so fantastic, I don't know because I know she doesn't get an awful lot of sleep. A lot of sleep. When you follow her on Facebook, you'll see she'll say, you know, Angelo's. <clears throat> it's three o'clock in the morning, and Angelo's still awake. Um, so and and she's done strictly come dancing for autistic. She's done oh, wow. most amazing things. So I'll definitely put you in touch with her. And the other thing that occurred to me as you were talking about the menopause and hot, I've got a uh, a group um, who come on the radio where we call hot stuff for obvious reasons. Um, and in fact, one of them is actually on the radio next week. Um, but um, again, I think. You're right, people are much more open about talking about it now. And the fact that actually it starts when young girls start their periods and the journey that they go through and how that works. Um, and I, I can remember periods starting and I hadn't got a clue. Not a clue. And, and I think even when the menopause started, I wasn't sure about that either. But it just sort of highlights my ignorance in that direction. But I think it is an amazing thing now that so many people are able to share that because you do get situations where um, people, and women particularly, um, wonder, what is going on? Why am I feeling like this? Why is my memory so bad? Uh, and, of course, it isn't just the women themselves. The impact where they work, their families and everything else. Which So, I mean, the fact that you're offering that, I think, is, is a great... Absolutely. And the, the other thing that we've identified is so we're supporting mums with the wellbeing and menopause, but we also have funding to work with 50 South London employers to introduce a menopause and wellbeing policy and also to provide support and advice so they can then support their um, midlife women in, in the workplace um, because, as you touched on, some women that might be perimenopause or menopause are, <coughs> are then leaving the workforce. And as soon as they leave, it's not ideal for them. It's not good for their, um, their career, their mental health. And it's not good for businesses to see like experienced, talented, valued women just sort of walk out the door and not come back. So the work we're doing with employers is, is, complete, is funded again by the London Mayor. Um, and that's to provide free menopause policies, flexible working policies. And I think there's um, 25 tips and resources on how to support um, midlife mums. Um, and in fact, linked to that, Jackie, is we will be launching our midlife mums campaign um, on Mother's Day, where we're going to be supporting 50 women over 50 back to work. Wow. Brilliant. That's absolutely amazing. And, a, and another connection there, I'd really like to connect you up with my, my hot stuff group. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Thank yeah. you. So, no, that'd be great. And uh, because they come on um, the radio next next week, some of, not all of them can make it. So there's just, I think, Ailsa Petchley. Petch, I always want to say Petchley, and it's not, it's Petchy. Um, will, in fact, be on the radio show next week. So it would be good, um, I think, you'd all benefit from a bit of a chat together even if you don't come on the radio show I think it would be useful in that sense so yeah gosh is there anything you don't do um what do we what don't we do <laughs> uh, we don't do duvets if you're if people remember that from um I think it was live and kicking but no we do lots of training courses and I'm you know I say I mean really it's my team that's done all of this you know I set the business up but I'm lucky enough I've got a team that take this forward. I've got some great trainers, great coaches, great operational staff. We, you know, we're a good, 
good team, all full of mums. We've got one dad as well. And it's all about mums supporting mums. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio. Mondays, 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes. For and from business women On all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. Now, I am delighted to let you know that Ailsa has been joined by Annabelle Kay. Annabelle, can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be with you again. Excellent. Thank you very much. So, um, just in the gap there, you were telling us about planting some pansies and things because the weather is so glorious with you, much as you're wrapped up. So, for listeners who don't actually know you, Annabelle, would you like to introduce yourself first of all? My name's Annabelle Kay, and I'm from Coffee Clatch. And I'm celebrating, I can't believe this, my 43rd year in business this wow. year. Wow. I know, slow learner, you see, it's taken a decade. <laughs> I don't think so, somehow. <laughs> and um, I now live in Wiltshire, although we still have offices in Croydon. And I'm very much enjoying the kind of virtual existence down here. So if I look out my window right now, I can see a meadow on which I have recently planted primroses under the oak tree that we planted as part of the Queen's Jubilee canopy thing. Um, Beautiful. We, we planted the tree a few weeks ago, even though the Jubilee was a while ago, because we had to wait for the tree to grow. Mm. So um, it's lovely. I, I quite like my semi-rural life with all-you-can-eat broadband included. <laughs> Primroses, I think, are just so heartwarming, aren't they? They're just, you just, they're beautiful and and just such. They don't take up a lot of space, but they fill everywhere with lots of cheer. I think. But and oh, what, yeah, what colours have you got? Well. It depends where. Out on the meadow, we mostly, because it's a biodiversity space, we mostly have primrose coloured primroses, i.e. yellow, because mm. that's primrose yellow is named after the flower. In my front garden, which sort of adjoins it, I've got mostly yellow, but I've had a little diversion and deviation into pink because I just can't resist it. <laughs> so, um, but in the wildflower space, in, in the biodiversity habitat, we try to stick to native species in native variations. Mm. Cool. That was a long answer, wasn't it? I suppose the short answer was yellow. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ailsa? Do you have a garden? Oh, it's a very small garden. I'd love to say I was green-fingered, but I'm not at all. I, I envy everybody else's gardens, I'll be completely honest with you. I, I have a go. But no, it doesn't look as beautiful as uh, as Annabelle sounds like her her her, vi her view and her vision out there. It sounds amazing. <laughs> so um, back back to more serious stuff. We we all sort of wished each other um, happy New Year as we all met just now on the radio. And what about things that you are looking Annabelle to change? What have changed? What has changed in your life, not only for the business, but also in your personal life for 2023? What plans have you got ahead? Oh, my goodness. How long have we got? I could take <laughs> over the whole radio show, my lovely. Go on, then. Off um, you go. <laughs> I've got a new um, co-director in Coffee Catch who's just joined the editorial board but is actually going to be 
joining the board board because I was celebrating my 43rd year in business by starting a new company, especially to put Cough Clutch inside it. Brilliant. So that my own exciting carry on doing its thing. So I'm new kid on the block again. My goodness, isn't it complicated getting the business going now compared to when I did it in 1980, you know? I think I've had to show my driving license, my passport, my inside leg measurement, disclose my dietary preference, <laughs> given my fingerprints. My goodness me, what a kind of controlled and locked down business world we have now. Despite the politicians going, oh, it's all about liberating us from control, but it doesn't seem to be about liberating me from theirs. Right. I don't know who else is being liberated, but it's certainly not me. That was a shock. Baby grandson's a year old. Um, so I'm enjoying being a granny. Husband's now got his bus pass. Much good when it's doing in Wiltshire. He hasn't got on a bus since the day we moved here. We haven't found the <laughs> bus up yet. <laughs> I don't think my husband has either, and that's a long time ago. <laughs> He's really pleased to have the bus pass. It's really weird. It's like a badge of status, you know. And I said to you, well, it must be at least two years since you got on a bus. And have you even been to the bus stop? And he looked at me as if that had nothing to do with it. <laughs> do buses round your way um, stop when you put your hand out or do you have to be at a, at I a stop? No, I've not seen that many, if the truth be known. Right. Um, uh, you know, coming from London where you have, like, messages at the bus stop that go, your next bus will be in four minutes, to bus stops where there may or may not be a bus mm. ever. I mean, I think the last bus back from Bath is at half past seven in the evening or something stupid. So, you know, you can't use it to go to the theatre or anything like that. It's very different rural buses, you know. Mm. Mm. And then everyone complain, or the, the local councils complain that there's too many cars on the road. But unless you want to be like a Victorian peasant and walk to Bath and back, you know, <laughs> it's all. I mean, there is a bus from where I live to Bath actually, and and I've never got it because the bus to Bath has a completely different number to the bus from Bath. If you see what I mean. Oh really? Why is that? Well, I don't know why, but I discovered when a girlfriend came all the way over from Argentina and got the bus, she much more enterprising than me, I didn't walk down the road to get the bus, but she <laughs> flew in from Buenos Aires and got the bus. Because <laughs> I was a bit worried about getting the bus to somewhere, I couldn't get the bus from, if you follow me. Yeah. And I thought, I don't want to be stranded in Bath, it's jolly lovely, but you know, I don't want to end my days there, what happens? And she said, what happens is you get the bus in, I can't remember the exact number, example 406, and then when it gets to Bath, they change the number and it comes back as the 432 or whatever. But it's the same bus. How strange. I think maybe they're getting two lots of subsidies to run in two routes, I don't know. Oh, it could be something to I do with that, couldn't it? I might be maligning the local bus company somewhat, but I can't actually see why one bus needs a number on the way no. there and a number on the way back. And they, they did it, and we, we thought we'd do it, but um, that was just a thought. You know how it goes when you've got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. So maybe Clive will do it now, he's got a bus pass. <laughs> so 43 years in business and Clive's got a bus pass, so real yeah, cause for and, celebration. Yeah, grandson had first birthday, that was amazing. Lovely. Um, my goodness me, don't babies have a lot of stuff these days? Gosh, don't they? Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, 
Unfortunately, was... mostly biodegradable, but all the same. I think people have walked across continents and moved home forever with less stuff than, than that. <laughs> I was with um, my youngest grandson on Sunday and um, we'd walked all around Crystal Palace, which um, I know you probably know, Annabelle, but I don't know that Ailsa would know. Yeah. Uh, um, and we... Know. You know, we'd had a good walk round and looked at the dinosaurs and everything else. So we went for some lunch in the nearest pub and he suddenly decided that he was going to get up and dance and that I had to dance as well. Well, oh, you're going to have my music today then, aren't you? <laughs> Fortunately, there was nobody else in the little nook that we were in in this pub. So um, and my his dad decided that he was going to record it and send it over to Phil, which, you know, gave some calls for hilarity but um but yeah no they're they're absolutely lovely at that age aren't they they're really just gorgeous you could eat them up yeah <laughs> oh, sounds lovely sounds lovely <laughs> uh, annabelle have you ever had an ice cold bath or or shower are you asking me yeah <laughs> seriously I'm sitting here in four layers of thermos with dogs keeping me warm. In what universe would I want an ice cold bath, darling? My life is an ice cold bath. The nearest I come to ice is in my gin and tonic, and I'm keeping it that way. Oh, okay. All right, then. Perhaps we better move on from that one, Elsa. Well, is anyone else having one? I'm just not taking it up, you know. Yourself. I'm, I'm sure it's very good for people who think it's good. You know? <laughs> No, I know. Fair enough, Annabelle. Fair enough. I, I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah, I mean, I, I actually, because I know, I know your thing is about menopause, I'd actually, it's a long time ago now, rather look forward to the menopause because I've been cold almost all my life. And all my girlfriends have said, oh, you know, the hot flushes, da-da-da. And I thought, oh, good job. I'll stop being cold, you know. At least there'll be a few years in my life when I'll have the absolutely novel sensation of being too hot. Never had a single one. No, no. Normally, if you've got a a, a, thermo a thermometer in your body like that, it's probably you'll just continue with your cold flushes and uh, clamminess, I'm afraid. I never even had a clamminess. I just didn't alter my temperature at all in any way, shape, or form. And I know that's not typical. Do you know what I mean? But in yeah. some ways, I, and I'm not complaining. I was mildly disappointed because I thought, what does it feel like to be too hot? Oh, well, I can I, I could go on about that for hours because I, I struggled for five and a half years with hot flushes. It was it was just yeah, they can, they're very debilitating when they happen at the time where you don't want them to happen. You know, in the workplace, it's a nightmare, and it sort of like it kicks in when you have a little bit more stress in your life. So, you know, if you're going into an important meeting or you know something somebody's bothered you, it can kick in at the wrong times, and you, it just overwhelms you, and then you can't think of the words you need to say. You can't function you just want to just hide away so it's not a pleasant thing so i think you're very lucky that you avoided it <laughs> yeah and equally i don't think jackie correct me if i'm wrong has there ever been a moment when i couldn't think of a word um i would like to bet some money on that and i'd be quitting i tell you <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> I don't know, but I, I do notice occasionally now, and I mean, the menopause is not my issue, really. There's some point in life when you've got to go, I've done that, or I'm kind of past it, you know. But uh, when I do reach for one word, like Reggie Perrin, do you remember the series with Reggie Perrin in it? When yes. When he's got his mother in all the hippopotamus. And I found myself this year reaching for one word, and another word comes out. 
and everybody looks at me and I think, no, that's not what I was talking about. But you can see them thinking, well, she's good with words. She must have meant that word. Obviously, they're not following. And I'm thinking, nah. And it's like alphabet soup. The word begins with the same letter. Yes. Not the same yeah. word. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It sort of randomizes communication, you know, but mostly at the end of the day. And occasionally, hubby's looking at me and I, I'm thinking, did I get that wrong? <laughs> that's so, very normal actually it's very normal <laughs> yeah so Annabelle just let's just go back again to what you were saying about um this new business that you have developed um and um I missed one of your one of your webinars this last week I was so cross because I got this stinking cold which thankfully I'm getting through I have to admit I fell asleep and missed it so, um, will it I'll be? You. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it on recording so I can go back to it at some point? Yes, it's it's in the group. It was one for affiliates, and okay. actually, it was pretty rubbish because I've done a little bit chaotic the last two months. So, in the end, I had to do it on my phone, which made screen sharing a bit difficult. So, I'm going to re-record it when I've got a minute. But the oh. core information's there on Meetplay. Oh, okay. And, um, because we're changing our pattern now. We do two webinars in a month that anyone can register for. One for customers only. You have to go to the customer group to see. And one for affiliates only. Mm. And my mission now is to remember which one I'm doing. Because <laughs> 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 okay. uh, quite a lot of people are in all of the groups, you know. So um, it's like, okay, where, where are we today? So you, you didn't exactly miss it, but it's it's going to be tarted up before it's more widely circulated. Oh, and good. actually, the ink's only dry on it, and I've got an email from the platform going, we've changed it anyway, so. Oh, okay then. My okay then. They've so done more of it. It still works, but it's not complete, you know. No, I shall see the new revitalised version then at some point. So, um, so what else is new for you you've got this new business coming up well you're evolving you're wrapping it up into a different package as such i guess are you is that the way you'd sort of yeah the business isn't new coffee no. clutch believe it or not it's 13 years old now my little is it baby yeah ah. um what's new i guess is it's always been about online templates and group support but our incoming new director who's a qualified data privacy officer is going to be able to offer more one-on-one -on -one support because we've, we've had for quite a while clients going, well, you know, I want you one-on-one -on -one, mm. and I'm not geared to one-on-one, -on -one, I'm geared to one-to-many, you know? And they, they do have a bit of a wince when I tell them what the one-to-one -one might be. So, and, and Jo <laughs> loves one-to-one, -one, so everyone's perfectly happy. Yeah, she's up for she's up for everything, Jo, isn't she? Fits very she's well, really I would imagine. And also, she started her career as a tech VA, which means that when we're talking about the website and downloads and stuff like that, her eyes don't glaze over and she doesn't beg me to kill her. <laughs> Unlike a lot of my existing co-directors who are very much focused on, shall we say, a more conventional legal practice model. And if I mention a web website or add-ins or email marketing campaigns, I can just feel the temperature of the room go down. <laughs> You know, it's like it's it's like being a teenager when you come home and you go, Mum, there's this really great band, you really it's not all about it and you look at it and you she's thinking, Oh not another one <laughs> You know. So I've got a teenager to play with, which is brilliant, you know. <laughs> so okay, so that's going forward for this year. Um does that sort of 
is that what one of the good things or many of the good things that were obviously evolving in 2022 for 2023 but is there anything else that that you can perceive um that was particularly good that came out of last year well ransom new business venture new interest in biodiversity mm. i really felt now i'm a grandmother that i want my grandson to be able to breathe and eat so i thought i better get my actual gamma mm. and do what i can to ensure that you know Mm. Not on my own, obviously, but, you know, I'm not, not quite that powerful in the world. <laughs> so, new interest, really. So, um, I th was it that son that was looking to move nearer to you, or, or what was oh, happening well, there? both of them are, and that's been a nightmare. Thanks to a certain kamikaze chancellor, both adult sons are on the point of exchanging contracts when we briefly had Liz Truss's government. Right. And the result of all the to and froing of that was both of them lost their buyers. Oh. Both of them have just now got to the point of exchanging again. So I'm rather hoping to any politicians, chancellors, bank officials, policy makers, could you just steer a steady course for a bit? <laughs> because all this choppy, changey, uppy, downy plays havoc with people's lives. And it's really, really stressful not knowing where you're going to live, what's going on, through no fault of your own, yep. you know. Yeah. Um, and it's, I'm hoping that one will move in February and one will move at the end of February. But having waited basically two years for this to happen, I just have a sneaky feeling they might both move on the same day to two different places. Oh, yeah, that that would sum it up, wouldn't it? That, that would be the sort of uh, icing on the cake, really, that that happens and yeah, how you'd stretch yourself that far. I have no idea, you know, but but obviously you would you would want to. I mean, they each of them's an hour from me, but they're an hour from each other. Think of it as a triangle. Mm. Yeah, so, I get you. Yeah, so I don't know how that would work really, but I'm just holding my breath because even if they moved on two consecutive days, that'd be something, wouldn't it? But after, I mean, ups and downs of COVID, I moved during the back end of COVID, and that was a nightmare. Do you remember the Chancellor stamp duty holiday? Yeah, yeah. And that meant you couldn't get anything done for love or money, even mm. though we'd started moving ages before all that, you know. But then now, you also had to, you you had to knock your solicitors into shape as well, didn't you? If I remember well, rightly, solicitors haven't so much been the problem this time. It's actually been the mortgagors for their buyers because. I don't know, it's probably a while since you moved house, and certainly when I moved house last year or the year before, it was all a bit new to me, even though I'd been involved in conveyancing decades ago. So the way it works is you, you go to a mortgage or and you get an agreement in principle that you could borrow 100000 or whatever to buy the house you want to buy. And then you jolly well go off, and especially as the first time buyer, you find one that, if you've got any sense, it's within your budget, don't you? Mm. But house prices being what they are, most people find one towards the upper end of their budget, not the bottom end, don't they? Mm. Mm. Unless you want a cardboard box or something like that. And then what was happening after the Chancellor did what he did was when they said, right, we've got a house and so now we're ready, can we move on? The building society or bank would say, no, we're not lending you the amount of money we said you could have because we don't think you can afford it. Mm. So people who'd bought houses at X obviously couldn't go any further and they had to back out. 
and then the people who were still in the house had to back out of their deal and the whole whole chains collapsed you yeah know? yeah um and i don't the rest of you i do not understand why the housing market is the way it is right if you want to buy a house in spain you go and you look at house you make an offer in it and that's the end of it unless it's not as described you know if it's a precipice on the edge of it and mm. nobody mentioned it <laughs> that's it you go through with the deal people don't gazump they don't gazunder the legal processes don't take longer than your residual life expectancy people just move and i have no idea why in this country we've made such a mess of it in in scotland if you make an offer on a house that's it unless it's misdescribed a sort of trading standards issue yeah. you buy that house yeah. It's only England and Wales, possibly, where we've made such a big survey, and I've no idea why. Strange, isn't it? Really... I mean, solicitors aren't enjoying it. I mean, I've got loads of mates who are solicitors and run law firms, and their their teams are utterly exhausted because they're doing two, three, four attempts to move per mm. customer. Mm. And they're still not moved, and the customers are screaming at them, going, why the hell haven't we moved? And the whole thing's just... You hear a lot about how the NHS is cracking up, rightly so. Mm. And we all know about potholes in the road, don't we? And oh, we all gosh. know the teachers are on strike. Yeah. But unless you're actually moving house, you don't realise that the whole conveyancing system in this country is grinding to a halt. No. Elsa, is that something... Uh, have you moved recently or, or been caught no, up I mean, in that? No, I mean... My husband actually is in in financial services, so he he actually do, is is completely in the middle of all of that. But no, we haven't moved for gosh six years now, and we we did think last year, oh, wouldn't it be lovely? And then we just put the brakes on it. It's it's as you say, it's too complicated at the moment, and yeah, just and almost I think wait a little bit of a waiting game to see what is going to happen over the next few months, whether it's with interest rates or just with the market in general as well. You know, um, they keep saying things are going to start changing but it hasn't changed as quickly as i think everybody was anticipating so yeah but i i'm afraid now i haven't i'm not really involved with that last moment it's funny isn't it what you don't you're not really aware of until somebody else is going through it or you're suddenly it looking you. and you think oh goodness me <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio Mondays 2 till 4 p.m. UK time Tips inspiration fun tunes for and from business women on all the socials www.1230.co.uk at love to beat radio And welcome back into the studio and I now have my three guests with me live on air so welcome ali to the gang of three or four if you include me <laughs> Jackie, and nice to catch up with the other ladies as well yeah no that's great so um how did i manage last week to get two janes on the radio and this week i've got three a's on the radio <laughs> what happened there i do not know i tell you play batteries i think pardon Triple A batteries. <laughs> AA batteries, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I don't think this means that we're going to have bees next week at all. So, um, Ali, some of our listeners will have heard from you before, but if you'd like to introduce yourself so that we can all get up to date with you, please. 
Absolutely. So I am Annie Meehan, founder of Costa Women, which is a very similar women's network to the one Jackie has in the UK. It's called Costa Women, my community. And I, um, we, well, we meet in 38 different locations around Spain. We have about 20 meetups a month. And usually, or in previous years, Jackie and I have hosted a International Women's Day conference together. I know, and I'm so upset that uh, we can't join forces this year as well because we've both decided to hold International Women's Day events actually on historically the day, uh, 8th of March, which um, I don't know. Did we ever manage to do that when we were doing our events together? Were they ever on the 8th? I don't think, I don't think the 8th of March has ever been able to be an actual day for some reason. I'm not sure why, because no. it must come round. I'm in my 10th year. I, I, you're probably in about the same. So I'm not sure why it's never come round as being on the actual day itself. Yeah, I, I suppose because it runs in with weekends and looking at mums and, you know, days like that and maybe children's holidays and stuff. So it's not, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so exactly. so tell us about tell us about your day then, your International Women's Day. Okay, so my International Women's Day is at the fabulous Andalusia Lab where we've hosted our events previously. Mm-hmm. We've so far got nine speakers. We may get a tenth. I don't know how I'm going to fit them all in, but they'll have to talk very, very quickly. <laughs> We're covering all sorts of topics like making powerful connections, self-worth to net worth, AI. We've got AI. Um, Sonia Ingrassell is talking about AI. She's already done some research into whether you should be using AI for your SEO content. Mm-hmm. Um, doing a complete research project into it so it's really going to be interesting because yeah. a lot of people started using chat gpt so how is it actually going to affect our google rankings now that's an interesting angle isn't it it's um it it's, that will be it interesting it's uh yeah. i mean i don't I've, I've been thinking to myself should all the things they show you on tv about ai and robots and taking over our lives and all the rest of it and I'm thinking should I be cons- should I be thinking and be worried about this AI and these robots and moving on but I haven't thought about the search engine um, side of things so um, yeah that's good are you recording any part of your event Ali? We're not we looked at recording it but it was just too expensive to do it so we're not doing it but um, I'm sure the speakers will repeat their talks if people want them repeated and yeah. produce them zoom calls for it yeah. yeah no i think that's that sounds a really good idea um i'll be there oh i'll be um, there yeah, so it's actually a million pardon are you there hello who have i lost she's frozen uh, ali is uh, ali is just frozen i'm afraid oh i haven't actually got her on my screen i've only got these sort of um yeah she's um... uh okay well let's talk amongst ourselves um (laughs) as i mentioned we've obviously got our ali interrupt us as you come back are you there hopefully she'll come back Uh, she's not she's not back yet but um anna going on from what ali said you you've got um you've worked with ai obviously don't you how does that affect you with your business who me is that one named me yes yeah um, to be honest, I don't work much with AI. I find mostly it stands for actual idiocy rather than 
artificial intelligence. I'm a great fan of actual intelligence, which is all too rare. And I find that the bots are simply incapable of writing anything accurate and communicative about the sort of stuff I need to write and yeah. do. Because it's so detailed, um, your stuff, and precise, isn't it? Yeah. And um, although I'm not against AI, I think it's best used as a kind of shortcut to getting started rather than delivering the final thing. And I think there are a lot of people jumping on the AI bandwagon and we're going to fall off it again because you need to put in the work. To, it's a bit like when Dragon Dictate was a new thing and speaking to your computer, loads of people said this is great. And two years later, lots of people weren't using it because the computer didn't understand what they said because they didn't put the time in to do the training. And some of them still don't do that because they don't speak South London and you, you can't believe <laughs> when transcriptions are in the room when I'm speaking what rubbish it comes up with. So I think it has its place, you know, um, but I think Nick, in all the world, you probably don't want your copy written by a robot programmed by an adolescent teenage boy. Mm. Sorry, I was just having a little sip of water there. Um... That's all right. <laughs> but, you know, it, I think it's got its place. But I don't think... It's like anything that's the great new thing. People jump on a bandwagon and it becomes the thing, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's not really the thing, it's a thing, like every other thing. Yeah. And if you've only got one thing, you're going to be a bit disappointed, you know. Um, it, an... It'll be useful if you're rubbish at writing and can't remember to write anything. And it'll be useful to map out what you should have been writing and then put your own spin on it. Yeah. But what it basically is, is a giant cut and copy system, isn't it? Because AI learns from scrolling everybody else's website and basically mashing up what they said into a different order for you. Yeah. It's not yet creating something unique. I'm, yeah. I'm, but it I would be, I hadn't thought of it in terms of the search engine thing. It would be interesting to find out what this speaker is actually going to be saying and talking about. Um, what I'm hearing in the UK, and obviously she'd know a great deal more about it than I ever would, is that some of the copy it writes can't pass the major search engines plagiarism tests because they are basically mashing up words that other people have said. Oh. Not all of it, some of it's fine, but obviously if you programmed an AI bot to write something about networking for 1230, mm. it would go look at all the other sites that talk about the advantages of networking and come back with something. But unless you're very lucky, that's going to be a bit like what they've already got. Uh, so uh, I think you can do it if you really know what you're doing. But everyone wants an easy win, don't they? They want to have a free app that writes copy that's unique in all the world, absolutely accurate, sounds like them. And that's not going to happen for nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anne is just saying her internet's crashed and she's having to reboot. Don't, don't you just, I mean, all things equal. Ah, oh, here we go. She's back here now. Yeah, um, technology works. It's great when it doesn't. It's a nightmare. That's the thing. That's the thing. So, right, let's see if we can have a better go now. Joining, it says. Joining, joining, joining. Oh. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to bring my laptop in here. How are we doing, Ali? Are you there? Yeah, I'm sorry. The whole thing crashed. Ah, oh, so at least you're there now. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just saying, one of these days I'm going to bring my laptop in or I might bring my little-used iPad because I'm a Windows woman rather than a Mac person, specialist in that sense. And um, I'm sure it's going to be easier, actually, managing the Zoom side of things on that rather than the just the phone. So, Ali, you, you were saying about this um, SEO and AI? Yeah, and I was saying how I was talking to a mum the other day who's realised that her child never writes anything anymore. They ask Siri or Alexa how, you know, how to find the nearest pizzeria or, you know, a place to eat or something. And the children now are not writing and that will be the same with AI. The AI will just do everything for us. So it's going to be really interesting to see how things develop as um, children grow up. I wonder how that's going to help initiative and spontaneity in that in that way. Um, well, exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah, because if people rely on AI to write their content for them, then there isn't mm. any spontaneity anymore, is there, or any um, authenticity? Mm. Is this um, touched on your world at all, Elsa? All of this? Um, probably. Well, not really. No, I, I'm. I'm very much. Uh, so Jerry and I are quite hands-on with everything that we do at the moment. I think you, you know we all we all want to find an easy way to try and um, do things, don't we? Um, but the text size, I think you have to be really interested in this as well. You either have to have somebody who can just explain it to you very simply, and then just let them get on with it for you, or you've got to have an interest in it and i have to say it's one of those ones that i think i will be doing one of those kicking and screaming okay tell me about it i'll need to know but not necessarily because i've got a genuine interest in it if i'm if i'm honest so um yeah be inter I, I like hearing other people's opinions on it and i like hearing sort of like you know if, if it if there are these benefits great I, i'll look forward to hearing it so ali if you can share any interesting stuff after the uh International Women's Day meet. I'd be very interested to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. In Annabelle, what's the situation from a um, GDPR standpoint and in a, um, a standpoint of, because you're not copy, copying somebody else's text, are you? You're not plagiarising because it's artificial intelligence that's created it. Well, yes and no, but it's creating it by trawling the net and looking at what other people have written and kind of randomly scrambling it up. It's not actually creating it in the sense of Wordsworth looking at a daffodil, you know? It's looking at how many people wrote poems about daffodils and what should mine look like. So I, I was seeing the other day that some AI writing bots failed the big plagiarism test that all the big colleges and schools and search engines use to see if copies original or not. So I think if you're going to use AI, you want to run that copy through the plagiarism detectors before you publish it on your site, because if you're failing, you're not doing yourself any good. In, yeah. in terms of um, ownership, it's a very le interesting legal question, because as you know, in general, the person who creates the copy or the picture or the video earns the copyright, but this is not a person. No. And it's very moot whether it's the person who owns the software that owns the copyright, or whether it's the person who, you know, asks it, write something about that. And our legal system, of course, is not at all up to speed on this. So I would certainly be advising people who want to use chatbots to really read the small print to make sure that the owners of the chatbot are assigning to you copyright in what the chatbot 
won't. Yeah. yeah. Because if they don't, then at some point in the future, you may say to someone, you know, this is my website, this is my business, you go to sell it, and they'll go, how can you show you own copyright in it? And you'll go, some random chatbot I used 20 years ago wrote it all, and you're going to fall off a cliff. Yeah. So, I'm not saying don't use it, by the way, but I think like everything that's new, you want to have a bit of sense about it. You want to test what you're getting against plagiarism. You want to make sure that it's not plagiarized, that you've got the rights to use it. Um, and I'd be quite interested in, is it programmed not to reproduce the same thing identically again? I don't mean how is it. I wouldn't want to see the algorithm of it. You know, life's yeah. too short. But I'd be very interested to know how, what stops it writing the same mishmash for someone else. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it depends on whether it gets asked the same question by two people. Yes, but if the question is, write me a brilliant piece of sales copy for my landing page, I'm a coach, yeah. it might or might not. You know, I think, like so many things in life, the art of asking the right question is always really important. And I'm seeing a lot of speakers and coaches in forums I belong to going, oh, this is brilliant. Look what it wrote for me. This is my next keynote. And I'm thinking, well, who's paying you then? Yeah. Good point, yeah. actually. Good point. Yeah. yeah. I know Mary Smith got said that she wanted to ask the chatbot to write her biog in the tone of Mary Smith. And she said you would not have known she hadn't written it herself. It was so spot on. Really? You can say to people, you want it to write in your own way of speaking. That's that scary, isn't it? it? Do, yeah. do you think a bio in the tone of Annabelle K would actually be a bit too stroppy for anyone? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, I'd love it. I'd get my stuff toned down by it. I think it would be fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't look really better. <laughs> That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? But. So some people, of course, don't, I mean, obviously people already writing and speaking and creating have a style and a tone. But what if yeah. you don't have? Yeah. 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 You know, what, what are you getting? You know, could, could you ask for like teenage Twilight fan version of the latest neuroscience reports or something? How far does it go? I mean, yeah. from that point of view, it'd be fascinating to play with it, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. I'm sure you could ask it to do that, or write in the style of Enid Blyton, how I, I works. Oh, yeah, we could do an Enid Blyton guide to the uplands of Brexit. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> see what oh. the AI comes up with. Oh, Karen, every, every time you, you are talking in those tones, as you do, Annabelle, um, it comes to mind about Caroline Wardle's notice. Do you remember Caroline oh, yeah. Annabelle for, MP, for Prime Minister? <laughs> oh, it, we've had so many since. Obviously, we're all just in a queue. Yeah. You know, eventually we'll all have been Prime Minister for a day, won't we? <laughs> Seems to be the way it's going now. And you don't seem to have any other qualifications other than not having irritated the people who were irritated with the last person. Yes, right. And you can make any random promise, however stupid and undeliverable. And as long as you promise that your gang's better than the other lot's gang, this is where I think the Enid Blyton tone will be very useful, <laughs> then that's all right, you're in until somebody decides that they don't like your gang and you're out again. It's a far cry from parliamentary account accountability and democracy, though, isn't it? Um, but maybe we should all have 50 pop, as Enid Blyton's famous five did. 
Yeah, I think so. The famous <laughs> five. We've only we've only got four at the moment. Who else do we need to bring in? <laughs> oh my goodness. And I don't think we'll be bringing back Liz Trust, will we? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's hope not. Who knew everything in the world is left wing? Who knew there was actually an establishment of left wing economists who ran the world? I've heard everything now. With with your husband being in finance, um, Ailsa, how does how does all this conversation and chat go? <laughs> what do you mean? Are you talking about menopause or AI or or all? I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, no, I didn't oh, know yeah. what you were saying about him um, being in finance and everything else. I mean, it's it's a. Uh, it's a difficult. Oh, I don't know. Everything's just bonkers, and that's why I love coming oh, on no, this radio he, show. He, 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 there's quite a lot of expletives most days when, um, after there's you know whatever's going on with the government and changes and stuff. You're absolutely right. So, yeah, it's um, it's yes, it 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 can be quite uh, quite difficult. Let's put it that way for him at the moment. He's yeah. not. He's not. A, and um, I think I think it's just it's tricky for so many industries right now, isn't it? And. Uh, Whoever's in finance is, is definitely um, struggling at the moment. I think so. Listen, our time's, moved, our, our time's moving on a bit. And I'm, I'm, as much as I'm loving all this conversation, I want you all to have the opportunity to let people know exactly where you are. Uh, well, not, don't, that doesn't even matter where you are, does it? Goodness me, with Ali and etc. But how people actually get hold of you. So, Ailsa, you were first on. So if you like to... Um, let everybody know how they would actually get in touch with you, find out more about these ice baths um, and your app, etc. Um, go for it, please. Okay. So um, my name's Ailsa Patchy, and um, we are part of, well, me and Geraldine run Menopause Collective. You can find us on menopausecollective.com. You can find us on um, Instagram and Facebook at menopause.collective. We're basically um, there to sort of like we're helping a lot of women going through um, hormone depletion and um, menopause and just hoping to come out the other side with a little bit of sanity uh, with as many tips and fun things that we can to make it sort of a natural process. But alongside sort of obviously the, um, the serious discussion of trying to help people to understand where they are with HRT and in the workplace and all sorts of things like that. We've got a free app, Olive-Health. So do have a look at that on Google App Store and also on um, the Apple Store as well. Um, and yeah, that'd be great if people want to have a look. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. And uh, next on was Annabelle. What about you? How are people going to get in touch with you and find out more about you? Oh, Apart from AI. AI. Yeah, well, AI, yes. You could send an AI bot out to find me. Probably <laughs> um, work better than anything. My Coffee Clutch website's the best place. That's coffee with a K, K-O-F-F, Freddy, E-E-K-L-A-T-C-H, dot co, dot UK. Or you can find me on LinkedIn if you can spell Annabelle K, but I've got a Coffee Clutch page there too. And Coffee Clutch is what's on Facebook. Um, probably lots of other places too, but life is short. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Ali, we haven't had a lot of time with you, so we must get you back again very quickly. But um, how do people find out more about you anyway um, for um, the moment? Can, well, I also want to know how we vote for Annabelle to be president. You can find me at costalwomen.com or alimehan.com. I'm in both places. 
And if you're thinking about moving to Spain and you want some support or you're living in Spain or you have a holiday home here and you're female, we'd love you to come and join us. We offer both social and business networking, so it's not um, one or the other, it's both. Um, but yeah, you can find me there or just put Ali Meehan into um, Auntie Google and I should pop up. Actually, I don't suppose you heard it, but um, Annabelle was talking earlier about the difficulties uh, that her sons and, and she had at different times with moving and highlighted the fact how easy it is in moving house in Spain. So that was a, a bit of a, um, an encouragement for you with people coming over. <laughs> Yeah, but in Spain generally, you you buy a property with all the furniture in it, so that means that it is very easy to move into a a house. Is is that a given then? That that's what you do. You buy you buy the it's, house. Yeah, it's pretty normal. I mean, normally it would say not including furniture because normally um, people just move and leave the furniture behind. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. well, ladies, thank you so much. I'm just going to run a little bit about 12.30 now. It's been absolute joy, as always, to um, have you on the radio. And um, please do come back again soon. Just a reminder, this is 12.30, the Women's Company. On Wednesday, we've got our TV. So as I mentioned before, we have radio and TV. How's that? And we have in person, obviously. So that's on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we've got our in-person meeting for Thanet, um, with our new venue um, and like Ali we have got an International Women's Day which is on the 8th of March and you will find us all the W's 1230.co.uk I want to thank my special guests Ali, Meehan, Annabelle Kay and Ailsa Petchley so much for being here today and although I'm not having a cold bath at the moment, I am going to have a little bit of rock and roll. So thank you so much, ladies, and I'll speak to you all again soon. Take care. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio.
the 100,000 or whatever to buy the house you want to buy. And then you jolly well go off and especially the first time by, you find one that if you've got any sense, it's within your budget, don't you? Mm. But house prices being what they are, most people find one towards the upper end of their budget, not the bottom end, don't they? Mm. Mm. Unless you want a cardboard box or something like that. And then what was happening after the Chancellor did what he did was when they said, right, we've got a house and now we're ready, can we move on? The building society or bank would say, no, we're not lending you the amount of money we said you could have because we don't think you can afford it. Mm. So people who'd bought houses at X obviously couldn't go any further and they had to back out. And then the people who were selling the house had to back out of their deal and the whole whole chains collapsed, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't... The rest of you, I do not understand why the housing market is the way it is, right? If you want to buy a house in Spain, you go and you look at a house, you make an offer in it, and that's the end of it. Unless it's not as described, you know, if there's a precipice on the edge of it and mm. nobody mentioned it, that's <laughs> it. You go through with the deal, people don't gazump, they don't gazunder, the legal processes don't take longer than your residual life expectancy. People just move. And I have no idea why in this country we've made such a mess of it. In in Scotland, if you make an offer on a house, that's it, unless it's misdescribed, a sort of trading standards issue, yeah. you buy that house. Yeah. So only England and Wales, possibly, where we've made such a big survey, and I've no idea why. Strange, isn't it? I mean, solicitors aren't enjoying it. I mean, I've got loads of mates who are solicitors and run law firms, and their their teams are utterly exhausted because they're doing two, three, four attempts to move per mm. customer, mm. and they're still not moved. And the customers are screaming at them, going, "Why the hell haven't we moved?" And the whole thing's just—you hear a lot about how the NHS is cracking up, and rightly so. Mm. And we all know about potholes in the road, don't we? And oh, we all gosh. know the teachers on strike yeah. but unless you're actually moving house you don't realize that the whole conveyancing system in this country is grinding to a halt no also is that something uh, have you moved recently or, or been caught no, up I mean, in that no i mean my husband actually is in in financial services so he he actually do, is is completely in the middle of all of that but no, we haven't moved for, gosh, six years now. And we, we did think last year, oh, wouldn't it be lovely? And then we just put the brakes on it. It's, it's as you say, it's too complicated at the moment. And yeah, just, and almost, I think, wait, a little bit of a waiting game to see what is going to happen over the next few months, whether it's with interest rates or just with the market in general as well. You know, um, they keep saying things are going to start changing, but it hasn't changed as quickly as I think everybody was anticipating. So. Yeah, but I, I'm afraid now I haven't, I'm not really involved with that last moment. It's funny, isn't it? What you don't, you're not really aware of until somebody else is going through it or until you're it suddenly looking you. and you think, oh, goodness me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I'm going to give you ladies a bit of a break now um, because uh, my next guest, Ali Meehan, should be joining us soon. But um, this is your piece of music that you chose, Annabelle. Uh, if you'd like to let us know what it is and why you chose it, please. Well, very apt after your discussion about your grandson, wasn't it? It's Get Up and Dance With Me. And I chose it because I love to dance. Not that I do much dancing in fields these days. And I love the attitude of 
the woman in it, you know, because so much stuff about dancing, so many movies about dancing, are oh, the woman's waiting at a wallflower and the man will or will not invite her to dance and she's very passive in it. And this girl is just sassy as whatever. And um, I love it. And she's just full of joy and energy. And although okay. lots of people like music to chill out to, I feel I need energising, not relaxing so i love this song it's my cooking things when i'm struggling with the recipe song or beating up things with the vacuum cleaner song <laughs> right i'm going to leave you to talk to each other and put the um this piece of music on thank you for your choice
This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. And welcome back into the studio. And I now have my three guests with me live on air. So welcome, Ali, to the gang of three or four, if you include me. Thanks, <laughs> Jackie. And nice to catch up with the other ladies as well. Yeah, no, that's great. So... Um, how did I manage last week to get two Janes on the radio and this week I've got three A's on the radio? <laughs> what happened there? I do not know, I tell you. Triple A batteries, I think. Pardon? Triple A batteries. <laughs> AA batteries, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I don't think this means that we're going to have next week at all so um Ali some of our listeners will have heard from you before but if you'd like to introduce yourself so that we can all get up to date with you please absolutely so I am Annie Meehan founder of Cost to Women which is a very similar women's network to the one Jackie has in the UK it's called Cost to Women my community and I um well we meet in 38 different locations around Spain. We have about 20 meetups a month. And usually, or in previous years, Jackie and I have hosted a International Women's Day conference together. I know, and I'm so upset that uh, we can't join forces this year as well because we've both decided to hold International Women's Day events actually on historically the day, uh, 8th of March, which... Um, I don't know. Did we ever manage to do that when we were doing our events together? Were they ever on the eighth? I don't think. I don't think the eighth of March has ever been able to be an actual day for some reason. I'm not sure why, because no. it must come round. I'm, I'm in my tenth year. I, I, you're probably in about the same. So I'm not sure why it's never come round as being on the actual day itself. Yeah, I, I suppose because it runs in with weekends and looking at mums and you know, days like that and maybe children's holidays and stuff. So it's not, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so exactly. so tell us about, tell us about your day then, your International Women's Day. Okay. So my International Women's Day is at the fabulous Andalusia Lab where we've hosted our events previously. Mm-hmm. We've so far got nine speakers. We may get a 10th. I don't know how I'm going to fit them all in, but they'll have to talk very, very quickly. <laughs> We're covering all sorts of topics like making powerful connections, self-worth to net worth, AI. We've got AI. Um, Sonia Ingrassell is talking about AI. She's already done some research into whether you should be using AI for your SEO content. Mm-hmm. Um, she's doing a complete research project into it, so it's really going to be interesting because yeah. a lot of people started using ChatGPT. So how is it actually going to affect our Google rankings? Now that's an interesting angle, isn't it? It's um, it, yes. that will be yes. interesting. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I've I've been thinking to myself, should all the things they show you on TV about AI and robots and taking over our lives and all the rest of it, and I'm thinking, should I be cons- should I be thinking and be worried about this AI and these robots and moving on? But I haven't thought about the search engine um, side of things. So um, yeah, that's good. Are you recording any part of your event, Ali? We're not. We looked at recording it, but it was just too expensive to do it, so we're not doing it. But um, I'm sure the speakers will repeat their talks if people want them repeated. Yeah. And we'll do some Zoom calls for it. 
Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's that sounds a really good idea. Um, I'll be there. Oh, I'll be um, there. Yeah, so it's actually a million. Pardon? Are you there? Hello. Who have I lost? She's frozen. Uh, Ali is uh, Ali is just frozen. I'm afraid. Oh, I haven't actually got her on my screen. I've only got these sort of. Um, yeah, she's. Um... Uh, okay, well, let's talk amongst ourselves. Uh, <laughs> we, as I mentioned, we've obviously got our Ali interrupt us as you come back. Are you there? When, uh, hopefully, she'll come back. Uh, she's not. She's not back yet. Okay. But um, Anna, going on from what Ali says, you, you've got um, you've worked with AI, obviously, don't you? How does that affect you with your business? Who me? Is that one aimed at me? Yes. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I don't work much with AI. I find mostly it stands for actual idiocy rather than <laughs> artificial intelligence. I'm a great fan of actual intelligence, which is all too rare. And I find that the bots are simply incapable of writing anything accurate and communicative about the sort of stuff I need to write and yeah. do. Because it's so um, detailed, your stuff, and precise, isn't it? Yeah. And um, although I'm not against AI, I think it's best used as a kind of shortcut to getting started rather than delivering the final thing. And I think there are a lot of people jumping on the AI bandwagon who are going to fall off it again because you need to put in the work. To, it's a bit like when Dragon Dictate was a new thing and speaking to your computer. Loads of people said this is great. And two years later, lots of people weren't using it because the computer didn't understand what they said because they didn't put the time in to do the training. And some of us still don't do that because they don't speak South London and you, you can't believe <laughs> when transcriptions are in the room when I'm speaking, what rubbish it comes up with. So I think it has its place, you know. Um, but I think in all the world you probably don't want your copy written by a robot programmed by a adolescent teenage boy yeah. mm. sorry i was just having a little sip of water there um... that's all right <laughs> but you know it, i think it's got its place but i don't think it's like anything that's the great new thing people jump on a bandwagon and it becomes the thing doesn't it yeah. yeah. And it's not really the thing, it's a thing, like every other thing. Yeah. And if you've only got one thing, you're going to be a bit disappointed, you know. Um, it, an... It'll be useful if you're rubbish at writing and can't remember to write anything. And it'll be useful to map out what you should have been writing and then put your own spin on it. Yeah. But what it basically is, is a giant cut and copy system, isn't it? Because AI learns from scrolling everybody else's website and basically mashing up what they said into a different order for you. Yeah. It's not yet creating something unique. I'm, yeah. I'm, but it, it would be, I hadn't thought of it in terms of the search engine thing. It would be interesting to find out what this speaker is actually going to be saying and talking about. Um, what I'm hearing in the UK, and obviously she'd know a great deal more about it than I ever would, is that some of the copy it writes can't pass the major search engines plagiarism tests because they are basically mashing up words that other people have said. Uh, Not all of it, some of it's fine, but obviously if you programmed an AI bot to write something about networking for 1230, mm. it would go look at all the other sites that talk about the advantages of networking and come back with something 
but unless you're very lucky, that's going to be a bit like what they've already got. Uh, so uh, I think you can do it if you really know what you're doing. But everyone wants an easy win, don't they? They want to have a free app that writes copy that's unique in all the world, absolutely accurate, sounds like them, and that's not going to happen for nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alice just saying her internet's crashed and she's having to reboot. Don't, don't you just, I mean, all things equal. Ah, oh, here we go. She's back here now. Don't you um, technology works. It's great when it doesn't. It's a nightmare. That's the thing. That's the thing. So, right, let's see if we can have a better go now. Joining, it says. Joining, joining, joining. Oh. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to bring my laptop in here. How are we doing, Ali? Are you there? Yeah, I'm sorry. The whole thing crashed. Oh, so at least you're there now. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just saying one of these days I'm going to bring my laptop in or I might bring my little used iPad because I'm a Windows woman rather than a Mac person, specialist in that sense. And um, I'm sure it's going to be easier actually managing the Zoom side of things on that rather than the, just the phone. So, Ali, you, you were saying about this um, SEO and AI? Yeah, and I was saying how I was talking to a mum the other day who's realised that her child never writes anything anymore. They ask Siri or Alexa how you know how to find the nearest pizzeria or you know a place to eat or something, and the children now are not writing, and that will be the same with AI. The AI will just do everything for us. So it's going to be really interesting to see how things develop as children mm. um, grow up. I wonder how that's going to help initiative and spontaneity in that in that way. Um, well, exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah, because if people rely on AI to write their content for them, then there isn't mm. any spontaneity anymore, is there, or any um, authenticity? Mm. Is this um, touched on your world at all, Elsa? All of this? Um, probably. Well, not really, no. I, I'm I'm very much, uh, so Jerry and I are quite hands-on with everything that we do at the moment. I think, you, you know, we all, we all want to find an easy way to try and um, do things, don't we? Um, but the text size, I think you have to be really interested in this as well. You either have to have somebody who can just explain it to you very simply and then just let them get on with it for you, or you've got to have an interest in it and i have to say it's one of those ones that i think i will be doing one of those kicking and screaming okay tell me about it i'll need to know but not necessarily because i've got a genuine interest in it if i'm if i'm honest so um yeah be I, I like hearing other people's opinions on it and i like hearing sort of like you know if, if, it, if there are these benefits great I, i'll look forward to hearing it so ali if you can share any interesting stuff after the uh International Women's Day meet. I'd be very interested to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, Annabelle, what's the situation from a um, GDPR standpoint and in a, um, a standpoint of, because you're not copy, copying somebody else's text, are you? You're not plagiarising because it's artificial intelligence that's created it. Well, yes and no, but it's creating it by trawling the net and looking at what other people have written and kind of randomly scrambling it up. It's not actually creating it in the sense of Wordsworth looking at a daffodil, you know? It's looking at how many people wrote poems about daffodils and what should mine look like. So I, I was seeing the other day that some AI writing bots failed the big plagiarism test. 
that all the big colleges and schools and search engines use to see if copies original or not. So I think if you're going to use AI, you want to run that copy through the plagiarism detectors before you publish it on your site, because if you're failing, you're not doing yourself any good. In, yeah. in terms of um, ownership, it's a very le interesting legal question because, as you know, in general, the person who creates the copy or the picture or the video earns the copyright, but this is not a person. No. And it's very moot whether it's the person who owns the software that owns the copyright or whether it's the person who you know, I'll sit, write something about that. And our legal system, of course, is not at all up to speed on this. So I would certainly be advising people who want to use chatbots to really read the small print to make sure that the owners of the chatbot are assigning to you copyright in what the chatbot wrote. Yeah. yeah. If they don't, then at some point in the future, you may say to someone, you know, this is my website, this is my business, you go to sell it, and they'll go, how can you show you own copyright in it? And you'll go, some random chatbot I used 20 years ago wrote it all, and you're going to fall off a cliff. Yeah. So, I'm not saying don't use it, by the way, but I think like everything that's new, you want to have a bit of sense about it. You want to test what you're getting against plagiarism. You want to make sure that it's not plagiarized, that you've got the rights to use it. Um, and I'd be quite interested in, is it programmed not to reproduce the same thing identically again? I don't mean how is it, I wouldn't want to see the algorithm of it, you know, life's yeah. too short. But I'd be very interested to know how, what stops it writing the same mishmash for someone else. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it depends on whether it gets asked the same question by two people. Yes, but if the question is, write me a brilliant piece of sales copy for my landing page, I'm a coach. Yeah. It might or might not. You know, I think, like so many things in life, the art of asking the right question is always really important. And I'm seeing a lot of speakers and coaches in forums I belong to going, oh, this is brilliant. Look what it wrote for me. This is my next keynote. And I'm thinking, well, who's paying you then? Yeah. Good point, yeah. actually. Good point. Yeah. yeah. I know Murray Smith got said that she wanted to ask the chatbot to write her biog in the tone of Mary Smith and she said you would not have known she hadn't written it herself it was so spot on really you can say to her, you want it to write in your own way of speaking that's that scary be, isn't it, isn't it? Do, yeah. do you think a bio in the tone of Annabelle K would actually be a bit too stroppy for her <laughs> I love it <laughs> oh I'd love it and get my stuff down by I think it would be fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can't look really better. <laughs> but so some people, of course, don't. I mean, obviously, people already writing and speaking and creating have a style and a tone. But what if yeah. you don't have? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what are you getting? You know, could, could you ask for like teenage Twilight fan version of? The latest neuroscience reports or something how far does it go I yeah mean, from that point of view it'd be fascinating to play with it wouldn't it yeah it would i'm sure you could ask it to do that or write in the style of enid blyton how i i works oh yeah we could do an enid blyton guide to the uplands of brexit that'd be nice <laughs> 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 see oh. what the ai comes up with oh Every, every time you 
you are talking in those tones as you do, Annabelle. Um, it comes to mind about Caroline Wardle's notice. Do you remember? Caroline, Caroline. Annabelle for, MP, for Prime Minister. <laughs> oh, it, we've heard so many since. Obviously, we're all just in a queue. Yeah. You know, eventually we'll all have been Prime Minister for a day, won't we? <laughs> Seems to be the way it's going now. And you don't seem to have any other qualifications other than not having irritated the people who were irritated with the last person. Yes, right. And you can make any random promise, however stupid and undeliverable, and as long as you promise that your gang's better than the other lot's gang, this is where I think the Enid Blyton's home will be very useful, <laughs> then that's all right, you're in until somebody decides that they don't like your gang and you're out again. It's a far cry from parliamentary account accountability and democracy, though, isn't it? Um, but maybe we should all have fizzy pop, as Enid Blyton's famous five did. Yeah, I think so. The famous five. We've only we've only got four at the moment. Who else do we need to bring in? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I don't think we'll be bringing back Liz Trust, will we? Well, I'm not Let's hope not. And who knew? Everything in the world is left wing. Who knew there was actually an establishment of left wing economists who ran the world? I've heard everything now. With with your husband being in finance, um, Ailsa, how does how does all this conversation and chat go? <laughs> what do you mean? Are you talking about menopause or AI or, or all? I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, no, I didn't oh, know yeah. what you were saying about him um, being in finance and everything else. I mean, it's it's a. Uh, it's a difficult. I, mean, I don't know. Everything's just bonkers, and that's why I love coming oh, on this radio he, show. He, 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 there's quite a lot of expletives most days when, um, after there's you know whatever's going on with the government and changes and stuff. You're absolutely right. So, yeah, it's um, it's yes, it 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 can be quite uh, quite difficult. Let's put it that way for him at the moment. He's yeah. not. He's not. A, and um, I think I think it's just good, it's tricky for so many industries right now, isn't it? And. Uh, Whoever's in finance is, is definitely um, struggling at the moment. I think so. Listen, our time's, moved, our, our time's moving on a bit. And as much as I'm loving all this conversation, I want you all to have the opportunity to let people know exactly where you are. Uh, well, not, don't, that doesn't even matter where you are, does it? Goodness me, with Ali and etc. But how people actually get hold of you. So, Ailsa, you were first on. So if you like to... Um, let everybody know how they would actually get in touch with you, find out more about these ice baths um, and your app, etc. Um, go for it, please. Okay. So um, my name's Ailsa Patchy, and um, we are part of, well, me and Geraldine run Menopause Collective. You can find us on menopausecollective.com. You can find us on um, Instagram and Facebook at menopause.collective. We're basically um, there to sort of like we're helping a lot of women going through um, hormone depletion and um, menopause and just hoping to come out the other side with a little bit of sanity uh, with as many tips and fun things that we can to make it sort of a natural process but alongside sort of obviously the um, the serious discussion of trying to help people to understand where they are with HRT and in the workplace and all sorts of things like that. We've got a free app, Olive-Health. So do have a look at that on Google App Store and also on um, the Apple Store as well. Um, and yeah, that'd be great if people want to have a look. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. And uh, next on was Annabelle. What about you? How are people going to get in touch with you and find out more about you? 
apart oh, from AI. Yeah, well, AI, yes, you could send an AI bot out to find me. Um, <laughs> um, probably work better than anything. My Coffee Clutch website's the best place. That's coffee with a K, K-O-F-F, Freddy, E-E, K-L-A-T-C-H dot co dot U-K. Or you can find me on LinkedIn if you can spell Annabelle K, but I've got a Coffee Clutch page there too. And Coffee Clutch is also on Facebook. Um, probably lots of other places too, but life is short. You know. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Ali, we haven't had a lot of time with you, so we must get you back again very quickly. But um, how do people find out more about you anyway? Um um, for the moment, can, well, I also want to know how we vote for Annabelle to be president. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you can find me at costawomen.com or alimehan.com. I'm in both places. And if you're thinking about moving to Spain and you want some support, or you're living in Spain, or you have a holiday home here and you're female, we'd love you to come and join us. We offer both social and business networking, so it's not um, one or the other, it's both. Um, but yeah, you can find me there or just put Ali Meehan into um, Auntie Google and I should pop up. Excellent, excellent. Actually, I don't suppose you heard it, but um, Annabelle was talking earlier about the difficulties uh, that her sons and, and she had at different times with moving and highlighted the fact how easy it is in moving house in Spain. So... That was a, a bit of a um, an encouragement for you with people coming over. <laughs> yeah, but in Spain generally, you you buy a property with all the furniture in it, so that means that it is very easy to move into a, a house. Is is that a given then? That that's what you do. You buy you buy the it's, house. It, yeah, it's pretty normal. I mean, normally it would say not including furniture because normally um, people just move and leave the furniture behind. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, ladies, thank you so much. I'm just going to run a little bit about 12.30 now. It's been absolute joy, as always, to um, have you on the radio. And um, please do come back again soon. Just a reminder, this is 12.30, the Women's Company. On Wednesday, we've got our TV. So as I mentioned before, we have radio and TV. How's that? And we have in person, obviously. So that's on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we've got our in-person meeting for Thanet um, with our new venue. Um, and like Ali, we have got an International Women's Day, which is on the 8th of March. And you will find us, all the W's, 1230.co.uk. I want to thank my special guests, Ali, Meehan, Annabelle Kay and Ailsa Petchley. So much for being here today. And although I'm not having a cold bath at the moment, I am going to have a little bit of rock and roll. So thank you so much, ladies, and I'll speak to you all again soon. Take care. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. Cheers.